Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pathways with Todd Allen Baker. And I'd like to welcome you back for this episode of Pathways. And today's guest is Miss Lauren Stragari. I met Lauren um, probably in 2004, 2004, and we did a Royal Caribbean cruise together. She is an amazing performer and a terrific acrobatic and an amazing teacher. She did ships. She's done the German circuit of what we'd call the German circuit of Broadway and many other endeavors that I'll let her speak on. But she is just a wonderful high octane performer and just sharing the stage. She was usually my dance partner because, well, we were the shortest and we just had a blast together. And when we're in New York, we still see each other. And we're not, well, she lives in New Jersey, but when I'm in New York, we still connect somehow, sometimes by random chance, sometimes by plan. And it's always a blast. And we always have a great time when we're together. So I would like to welcome on Miss Lawrence Jagari. Hey, you. Hello. Hi. Hi, she's my busy bee. Um, that was my <laughs> nickname for her. If you've ever seen Best in Show, she's my busy I, bee. Sorry to interrupt. I just got a bee tattoo. When no I was a way. Yep. And You're just if, honestly, credit due to you because you started calling me busy bee and then it kind of resonated. Are you serious? Ago. Really? No, I swear. I, I didn't really know what I wanted. And I just kind of wanted little stamps just to continue my my arm. And I was like, you know what? Busy bee it really resonated with me all these years. And I was like, it's very true. And I do love bees and it serves a, a really nice purpose. And this man, because we just got it done so spontaneously, drew me up this fantastic bee with little sparkles on it. And I had to get it. Oh, my goodness. That is amazing. <laughs> that just makes my heart smile a little bit. I, that... I'm reminded of you every time I see it. Oh, that just makes my heart like. Mm, smile. I that is awesome. About Busy bee. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm like Always forever. Different. It's like forever on your arm, except, you know, it's not my initials. And so if we break up, you don't have to get it erased or yeah, anything. That'll never happen. Nope. That'll never strong happen. Is strong No, we are, we are <laughs> strong and you know, always together somewhere. Yeah. Somehow we have great connections. Um, so let's go ahead and get started. I will just kind of do the Q and a and see, you know, let us, you tell us your story and your kind of pathway through this business. And so I was always ask, like, what was your first beginnings and what was your first passion to start in this industry? Okay. It's, it's funny, like always revisiting and how my journey has always twisted and, and turned different, different ways unexpectedly, which is a good thing if you're open-minded. So I don't really remember auditioning for the Rockettes but I was in high school still. And then shortly after high school, I got the call that I had booked the job. And it was just basically, I was so heavily into competition life, basically like dance moms and hardcore pageants and uh, not so much conventions that didn't really exist when I was junior, senior, you know, in high school. But um, yeah, heavily into dance competitions, just training, going inside, in and out of the city from Jersey every day, basically. And uh, teaching just seldomly when I was, like junior, senior. And then, I, yeah, I booked the job and it was kind of, you know, am I going to college for something I really don't know that I want to go for and study dance, which would be like a modern dance kind of feel. Um, again, I don't think the programs were that updated as they are now, 
And I, I honestly didn't really have a musical theater path at all. I had no interest or real, real musical theater training. I didn't really come from that studio background or interest, really. I just didn't even know it, it was that vast and broad. So I booked the Radio City job. And that's Found- the Radio City Christmas Spectacular, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm getting yeah. ready to see it in three weeks. So, and we just oh, had a rocket on as my first guest. So it's all kind of fluid and connecting. So that's awesome. Yeah, so still slaps. It, it still is just such joy. And it, I mean, it's so calculated that doing the show was very robotic for me, but that that was what I was used to, very structured and precision and, you know, fierce and not that much style, but it, it was so, so much fun and such a beautiful way to start my professional career. Now, were you in the chorus part or were you the actual rockette? Oh, funny. I, no, I actually, all right, listen, I'm five foot tall, so there's no way I would ever. Be right. Like I was going to say, you have to be like five, five seven, right? Five, six, and maybe five. some of the quarter cast, because back then, grandma style here, back then it was a lot of tours, so it wasn't just Radio City. Right, so right. had shorter rockette casts and taller rockette casts. So uh, some of them were five, four, five, six, but anyway, I was too short, so I booked the ensemble. And I always tell people, I'm like, well, yeah, performers need to be on stage while the Rockettes are getting changed. So, right. you know, like the point ballerina bears. I had a sheep at one point. I was an ensemble dancer. And then one year, my third year doing the show, I was away doing Footloose, um, AC's, AC Sila's version straight after Broadway. It went to Akron, Ohio. And about four days before that gig finished, Radio City Rockettes called me. A singer had, you know, got sick or something, some family issue had happened. So they called me to fill in as a singer role, which blew my mind because I was like, oh, me, 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 what? But apparently, I don't even know if most of the singers were mic'd all the time. And because they thought dancers could pick up a singer's track easier. So, you know, knowing that I had done the show before. So that was interesting. So I didn't have to do some of the heavy, heavy, heavy dancing. So you really didn't do the vocalizing. It was more like lip syncing and blocking was what we call tracks. And so in the industry, we, um, if people don't know, tracks are whatever part you have in a show and you're a swing. And I remember when I have to swing in and do someone else's track. Sometimes when you're a swing, you have to do, if there's a three show day, um, depending on what you're doing, you might have to do three different roles in one day. So kind of that's what a swing and a track is. And that's that, what kind of simple the way you say it. But when you actually dig in deep and think about it, you have to know an hour and a half, two hour, three hour. It's complicated. You have to know every spacing they are in every bit of the number. Yeah. When I would be dance captain at certain places and I mean, I've been a swing before and it is. And when COVID hit Broadway, you know, we always accredit the swings right now for keeping, you know, keeping Broadway alive. And then I remember if I had to have swings over, I would get swings and I had a big whiteboard and I had different shows and plugging people in and saying what track they're going to do. Yeah, it's a job. It's a job. In Greece, which is a very hectic show, especially female ensemble. Um. And that, where did you do Greece at? So we can kind so, of. Awesome musical. It was all through Germany, Austria, Switzerland. But when I was really in charge of the show, I was, uh, you know, dance captain, kind of directing and swinging the show as well. Mm-hmm. So it, Germany or not, but let's just say, for example, my my experience in Germany, people would be out 
all the time because they have a lot of benefits. They have a lot of elite status, I guess, you know, they're allowed vacation days, sick days. So anytime they're sick and I say that, you know, genuinely I've had people sick. I've had people stay at home in Berlin instead of moving on with on tour to right. stay like with their loved one or whatever. Right. So I would, not only one person at a time, two people, I mean, I would be doing like three or four tracks at a time, figuring out where I'm going and not figuring out what their track is. So let's say Cindy's out today. I'm not just doing her track. I'm mentally doing mental gymnastics in my head, figuring out, okay, these two people or three people are gone. Do I go here or there? So I'm doing, you're mentally doing like all these different people's roles and tracks in your mind. And sometimes in the moment on stage mm-hmm. and running rehearsals, maybe even a number before in intermission to try to figure out if that worked or if I have to figure out some other dancer, if they have to switch a partner. I mean, it could be really, really, you know, it's one of the toughest jobs. And I mean, I think finally during COVID swings got their accreditation that they needed. Cause you know, I don't ever really, my ego, I don't really need or want the credit. I never needed or wanted to be in the press pictures, but it is a little heart wrenching and soul crushing when you know, it, it seems like thankless work sometimes, not so, not so much the people, you know, that you're working for, but sometimes it is a little thing, thankless because you're just, you're going and you're expected to do it. But it's not just a simple, I'm filling in this role because things get really twisted and turned mm-hmm. in a show or after, you know, depending on your fulfilling two or three different people's roles, you know, and then managing a whole cast at the same time, trying to keep the morale of the company up so people want to be there you know yeah it's it's a tough job actually being a dance captain because i was a dance captain many times and that that's a job in itself as well because i mean you are the company leader and the cast motivator yeah 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 yeah. i love that i could do that but sometimes it is tough when you're having Mm -hmm. i used to be really in my head and really a little like a lot of anxiety so when i have to deal with a group and I'd have all, all these eyes on me, I'd have to make these decisions. And when I first began, I didn't really make decisions super well and make No, you you have to learn as you go. I mean, I, it's mistakes and so you learn. It's really true and you have to grow into it. And I was really good at collaborating, really good at filling in and swinging and doing whatever, being the yes person, but then doing both those roles, it was, tried to hide it. But I mean, I barely slept. I was in my head about it. and. Mm-hmm. Oh, again, back in our day, like I said, we didn't have all these, this technology and these tools that made it a little bit more efficient. And I personally, I will admit, you know, my faults, I'm not most organized. I will out. I figure it out in the moment or what's best, you know, what's looking good, um, what feels right. But, um, or that's your creative juice. That's how you work. Yeah. And I mean, it bit, bit me in the ass. Hopefully I can say that. Yeah, a few yeah. just there'll be some kids but i think we're we're appropriate with that we're i think it's really nice to have a collaboration going mm-hmm. on having having somebody behind you that's really supportive because you know as good people as i've had in my life even stage management i've also had some people kind of deviously try to knock me down and i knew it or i, I thought about it after and i'm like wow that was kind of intentional you know so it's such a great industry, but you, you know, you have to be aware and just right. 
And how many years did you do that gig? I know you would come back to the States and then you'd go yeah. back. I mean, we, you went oh. back and forth for a long time. Yeah. So I had moved after Radio City. I'd moved to LA with a friend, Matthew, and he, something in LA had happened with our apartment and he had called the, uh, Beverly Hills office and it's a German producer, but an LA passing agent. And he was like, Hey, you know, something's going on in my apartment. I know that there's a show going out maybe in two weeks. I have a friend that's a dancer here. Do you guys have any roles possible? They had Sonny for him. So he got booked for the job. I had 10 days at 19 years old to get myself a passport, move out of LA, go back to Jersey and fly to Germany for a seven month gig. So that happened in 2004. And that now, was right after we met, right? Yes. It was basically almost directly after the cruise ship. Yeah. And from then on to keep Greece and any uh, American German produced show alive every two years, they had to continue doing the show to keep the rights, to keep the show going, to keep mm -hmm. money flowing in. But honestly, it was such a sick, sick version of Greece. It was choreographed by two two girls from LA. One of them still choreographed for like Nicki Minaj. So it's a very like funky version. Mm -hmm. Every two years I would kind of go out. I did a Lebanon gig for four weeks. Um, and then they decided to go with just German, German actors, maybe something to do with the laws have changed money, whatever for them was easier to buy something like that. Or they, they didn't have rights for Americans coming. Right. They started using just European cast. So it was a version of Greece with Swiss German, uh, you know, British, Austria, German, uh, right. all kinds of dialects from all over the place. Oh, wow. So that's cool. Yeah. It was really, really cool. But think about Greece is very just like one dialect, you know, right, like, right. <laughs> so it was kind of, it was really challenging for me to come in as a swing and then watch my mentor, Jill Gorey, who had choreographed and dance captain for years work with you know like i was talking about before how you know i'm sick i'm tired my nail broke i have two weeks off it was like mind-blowing to be over there and discover you know what what they're capable of or not capable of and not you know what i mean this is really interesting so every every like two or four years i would go out and then i started getting the baton to take charge take charge take charge but um yeah it was really kind of challenging working over there with when the cast changed from Americans mm -hmm. to Europeans, I guess. And about six years ago, it's funny because you were living over there and um, I was over in Germany and we were just missing each other in city. See, so not just in New York, do we see our paths? Yeah, we no. Just almost, we missed each other by a day when I was in Munich. Yeah, that's right. And then, so let's, let's finish there. So I had my like last gig um, of Greece and I had, you know, met my ex-boyfriend and I had stayed in Munich and lo and behold, I was trained to be a soul cycle instructor, basically in mm -hmm. New York. And they had just, I mean, I'm talking, this warehouse was like cables falling out. It wasn't even open yet. It wasn't even ready to be open, but they were opening a spin studio and everywhere in Munich, it's very, very traditional German. You mm -hmm. know, it's, it's not like Berlin where it's a little bit more of a melting pot. It's very, uh, you know, Bavarian. Right. So I didn't language well like at all well enough at all i could understand but i'm not going to serve out there do really anything so i had found this spin studio and i started managing and kind of uh training people and taking over there so that gave me a visa to stay there a work visa so i did i stayed out there for an extra like three years and then 
COVID happened. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that, that kind of segues into, you know, and we'll get to that later on because when we kind of finish up and I ask kind of what you're doing now, but right. I think a lot of us go into that fitness industry. I mean, that's what I do. I have my own Pilates studio. I do fitness training. And I think our dance background, do you feel that your dance background gave you the capabilities to lead and to have the knowledge to do that? A million percent. I mean, it's almost crazy enough. It almost was vice versa because I, I mean, yes, being in that room, we're so used to having that discipline and work ethic of being in front mm -hmm. of me and feeling that energy and, you know, that, um, that thriving energy of working together. I think too, because I was never a lead, I always wanted to work with each other and build each other up. So Yes, for sure. One, it's very entertaining because you're kind of, you know, mm -hmm. this showpiece. Two, because we come, you know, come from coming from like ballet and technical backgrounds, you're adjusting and, and focusing on people's bodies and how they're working and how, you know, how you're teaching. Um, but yeah, I think it's definitely a segue into fitness. I think it's all all related to each other. Mm -hmm. So go kind of another subject, like stay hungry and kind of stay a student everywhere right. and every I'm almost 40 or you're oh, yeah. almost every pathway. Yeah. I like how that <laughs> kind of circles around. It always circles around, you know, yeah. be a student when you can and learn a new craft. Yeah. And, and I mean, you, know, you learned Pilates for me. Well, remember you got to pull in your busy B core, right? Right. Well, so when I had learned um, how to do these, these spin classes, I have been on stage for how long it was the most terrifying terrifying thing I've ever done because I mean it was just a whole new journey of learning different um di different tactics mm -hmm. while you're doing and how to perform and how to still be in at it's like your own show mm -hmm. for five minutes so to get up on that podium and drop not only just teach but be in it pick the right music mm -hmm. and inspiring while you're trying to not be so anxious mm -hmm. that to me was the most like wall breaking barrier dropping. And then when, from then on, I kind of just became this super vulnerable performer in a different way. Yeah. Oh, so know? it kind of changed you as yeah. it kind of like, oh, all right. Yeah. It for everybody, like most people, it, it's kind of the opposite, like performing, help them do that. But when I learned how to get up on the podium by myself as, you know, just with myself, just, so terrifying. So when I overcame that, I thought that was just, it kind of changed me as a performer a little bit. Wow. Let's kind of talk about other things in your career that I know you've done. And I have to segue, I mean, you have backup dance for Ariana Grande, right? <laughs> I mean, we got to, we have to segue into that. I mean, we can't, we can't, you know. You <laughs> can't, actually, I didn't even think about that before. I, I didn't think about it till this morning. So. <laughs> so funny. Yeah. It's not something we that she or many people like to speak about, but um, it was her first first video called "Put Your Hearts Up." Mm -hmm. Such a great experience because I I am best friends with her brother Frankie. Right, and you used to be roommates together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, or when he was that big brother, I just got back home from Germany, and mm -hmm. four days left for the show. I stayed at his place, but yeah, basically, yeah, we're just we're fam. Mm -hmm. So um, yeah. I just remember like shortly before Thanksgiving or during Thanksgiving, he was like, Hey, we need another dancer for, you know, Ari's doing this, uh, one of our first videos. And can you fly out to LA with us? And I was like, no, absolutely. It was awesome. You know, it was just good people. 
And what's that experience like? I mean, before you've been on stage, you've been on the Broadway circuit, pardon me. What's being on a a set filming that? What's that like? I'd like to answer more, you know, with more experience. But honestly, that was one of one of my first slash only. I don't I'm not really comfortable in front of cameras which is weird people really do not think that about me but I'm really not I yeah it's just a whole different experience for me on stage I'm an insanity psycho woo I think right. because not you're 110 percent when you're on stage I uh, yeah 150 um, <laughs> yeah the gas is always on but I just think it's like this you know a, abyss I can kind of connect but it's very um personal when you're in a camera mm-hmm. and you're and it's just a different kind of toned downness that I never really learned. I just, I don't know. I just was very uncomfortable. And, you know, my, my headshots, this is terrible to say, my headshots are still from like t- 2011. I, it takes a minute for me to get into that space of vulnerability. Right. I, again, I think a little bit better now with age and experience, but it was very hard for me. But the that video... I think it was just such family vibes and, you know, mm-hmm. no one knew and it was at the Hollywood studio set. So I, it, it was outside as well. So I felt like it was, you know, a parade performance kind of, you know what I mean? Rather than, Oh, you have to attack this and you have to be here and look at this camera. It was just kind of everyone just be a little free and do the choreography and take one, take 20, whatever. Right. Right. Um, So you've had this career and, you did some circus acts in Switzerland too, didn't you? No, I see. I'm always like, oh yeah. So I also booked this show called the Aluminum Show, which was very much like Stomp and Blue Man Group kind of meshed together. Everything was props, which is I'm very free and uh, props to me. I had, we had to carry these like aluminum balls. We had to use fans. We had huge pillows, and it was the most physical show I've ever done. So it's it's awesome having all these shows and performances and, you know, appearances, videos, all from different realms of entertainment. Mm-hmm. You know, this one, there was no costume changes. It was just, you dance, you dance, you break a finger, you keep dancing. You, <laughs> yeah. Keep it was, going. Again, it's just a finger. Oh, you have, you have nine more. Just no, it's totally cool. I mean, it's just blown up, but it's just, you don't have time to stop, but it was so, such a fierce show that, you know, everyone was so invested in it. And also because in, in shows and when you perform and you're on tour, you are family. So when you see someone, you have sympathy or when you see them thriving, like you, for example, when you would like, we would partner in your eyes and be like, huh? I would be like, great, we, I got this. I'm not that tired, you know? And if you see somebody kind of going through it, you boost them up. Right, so, right. I was in Russia for four weeks. I was you know, in Tel Aviv and even the most beautiful days, you're kind of like, oh gosh, it's hard. And you have your people, either you're just in performance mode and you just got to go. This is a job. Or you're like, you know what? I'm with my family and you guys, you help each other out. Right. And I think that brings it back full circle. Um, Deb, our first guest was talking about, um, and we'll probably, I'm, I'm just interested to see how everyone kind of responds to this in this industry it doesn't matter how long you do the gig. Um, and, you know, we have a bond from different things. Uh, 
it's it's family. And she kept on going back to the word family and the friends and the companionships that you make in this business that you carry throughout your life. So, I mean, yeah. I've done some contract, you're together for six months and yeah. there's and this tremendous easy. bond. It, it is. And it depends on, you know, what, what you're doing. And I, I mean, I've had moments of maybe a month long contract or let's say Radio City, two and a half months. Right. I have family that I haven't seen basically since then, but I consider that bond. And I was only, right. um, was, you just, you eat, sleep and breathe together. And I know right. it was my blood family to, to hear me say these things. I remember one time my mom was like, I'm your family. And I was just like, yeah, you are. But it's not just like a nine to five. And then you go home when you're on tour, especially, or maybe right. in this have you take a class, whatever it is when you're on tour, it, it, depending on where you are, um, if it's not like a, a sit down for weeks at a time, mm-hmm. you are on a bus together. You eat dinner at the same time. You may have like an hour to explore before um, tech mm-hmm. rehearsal. You may, but you'll probably go with people. Right. You know, so yes, you are constantly around. You're at the same hotel. Right. You know what right. I mean? So you're not in the same room. You are, you're at breakfast together. You hear them running the hallways. You, you have the same call times. You leave, you come mm-hmm. together. Not. You're, you're probably hungry at the same time. Right. It's just the same schedule. So yeah, that's that's a bond that is really not not easy to break. Or, you know, yes, no. I can sit family. And even, you know, when when we were on the ship, I mean, it was so long ago for me, but um, people from all over, even if it wasn't the same uh, genre, if they were working the casinos, right. you're constantly with them and you're right. ship forever. You know, so yeah, they become kind of family because you have other conversations you wouldn't even have with your family that you don't see every day. Right. Well, you figure about yourself by exploring other countries, foods and ethnicities. And, you know, you talk to this person, you stay open-minded and you're like, oh, I'm discovering this about, I didn't know Croatia right. when I was 17. Right. right. But, you know what I mean? You just become a little bit more open-minded and, mm-hmm. you know. You grow, you grow. You grow, Yeah. So it's really, sometimes it gets a little tough, but I think it's the most beautiful thing to do and not just, you know, go travel with somebody or with a family right. and then, you know, stay in one spot or right. get a ride. It's, it's a really cool freeing experience. And yeah, like you said, growth. So during all this, you've had this fantastic run, you've done all this. And at any point in time, did you want to get up? Did you want to give up completely? Were you discouraged? And how did you tackle that to get out of your head? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I am my own biggest enemy. Um, I'm finally, again, back to what we talked about before, finally giving myself credit and being like, oh, you're good. Or right. you did this. I I just really believed in a lot of other people in my life before I did myself. And I, yeah, I wanted to give up like so many times. And I think a lot of it had to do with anxiety. But, you know, I was, I was, I beat myself up a lot because I'm not a perfectionist, but I think in some ways I am not to be the best, but just personally with myself. And it's good to always be like, oh, I could do that better. I could do that better. But being in a room of people, sometimes for me, that was my downfall. I would, I would thrive, but I'd be like, no, 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 I'm not good enough. I'm not going to make it. So I'm not going to show up. Oh, they're going to want to you know, a dark hair girl anyway. Oh, they're going to want a long leg. I 
constantly convince myself. We are that. our toughest critics. We yeah. are. Yeah. And then I mean, we not even beat ourselves up. Yes. Yeah, I was like, I do. I got hit by a car and broke my elbow. And that's not even one of the first times I wanted to give up. But living in New York City, there's so many different elements of New York City. It's not just like a Broadway being a dancer. There's mm -hmm. I performing. There's, you know, you have to survive. And I was busy. Bee. So whenever I felt like I wanted to give up, I would just tackle another like fast gig or something or you know what I mean I I bartend or something or you know book book a few nights I used to work at this place called the box downtown and I would work there some nights and you know sometimes I knew it wasn't the best for me but you know it was really late nights and you know it was a lot of, it was a crazy atmosphere but um it was a, sometimes it was a steady gig for me so I would you know I would I, I would technically give up with my career one, two, because I didn't have one true focus. Right. Like I said, I didn't know really what musical theater was. I just fell into it and I was kind of good at it. Right. I think I was a hip hopper, but I just really didn't have, I didn't feel like I belonged really anywhere. That could have been a personal thing. So I, and living in the city where there's so much, I was like, so I don't know. I guess I, I, I will say, yes, I think I, I gave up a few times, but I, always had something to go, you know, to go to. And kind of segueing into that, that goes into the next question. What was your support system during those times that you felt like giving up? I ran from everything. I never really leaned on anybody. I didn't think I needed to. I didn't think I wanted to. I didn't, you know, I mean, listen, I had great friends. Right. But nothing was ever wrong. I just kept going. Everything, you know, I, you got to be busy, be, you got to fly, and, to, you got to fly. Yeah. I'm like learning a lot now and like sitting down and maybe through like the whole COVID and pandemic and realizing, you know, just sitting down and listening and figuring it all out rather than, oh, I'm fine. My arm might be falling off, but I'm good. Like, you know, right. No, dude, it's okay to not be okay sometimes. So it's okay to ask for help, right? No, I didn't even sometimes I just, I come from my parents and you know, Italian, passive, aggressive, and everything's good. So, yeah, I always had a great support system. I just think they always thought I was fine. Right. Because I was like, right. I'm good. So, during this, um, like, I know we all have it as well. Did you ever have a backup plan if this didn't work out? Did you have a plan A, B, C in your pocket? No. I honestly, it's, it's terrible. Not you're terrible. Fly by the seat of your girl, you know, because just... I, I didn't even know I was going to start this career. I, I didn't know. And then kind of, you know, again, living in the city, I, I was like, oh, maybe I, maybe I want to be, you know, fashion designer. I would help. I, my thing too, I was a yes person. I did a lot of free things and a lot of, which was fun for me. It was always networking connections. I didn't want to just be sitting in my tiny apartment with roommates, just slumping around. Um, and there was always something to do, always something to explore, a class to take. So, no, I really didn't have a backup plan when I felt something going south or I felt myself not feeling happy somewhere. I didn't just stick around. I always felt like choose your happiness. Mm -hmm. It's your responsibility to yourself and the world to, if you're kind of becoming a little toxic to yourself in the world, change something, fix it. Or take a breath and realize what it is. Talk it out, work it out. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't, 
feel like I was rolling with something, I would find something else or talk to somebody and, you know, go work on that gig or serve here or help somebody at an agency. I worked at this, like that, this casting agency, ugly talent. It was called it was awesome. I love being in management and casting too. So I so think you I had many different pathways in this, like you've done I, it. Yeah. Which is a blessing and a curse because having many pathways is, was sometimes spontaneous and not planned. But then as soon as I would like maybe be into that, I'd get another gig mm-hmm. or, Hey, my focus was all over the place. Cause I wanted everything at this point. Right. And nothing. so it was a little chaotic, right? But like, okay, like I said before, my indecisiveness was just all over because I loved a lot of things and I didn't know what I was best at or what I really liked the most. And sometimes the things that you're, you are best at isn't really fulfilling somehow or some way. And I'm the type that if it didn't really fill my soul and I was killing it and people mm-hmm. were like, oh, you're amazing. I still was very true to that. You know what I mean? Cause I don't ever want to be a 50% or a hundred percent performer. I want to really right. be like, this is not a job for me. Right. Jobs. I'm going to answer a phone. I'm going to serve. If I'm performing and giving back like a true genuine version of me, I need to really kind of feel, feel something for it. And, Moving on to something else, but similar when you are, if you do decide to go into this path of um, performing and you do have redundant shows, maybe two, three shows a day, whatever, it is also your responsibility slash use your creativity to make that show slightly different every day. Yes. Yeah. Don't and, and, do the same. And me, no, because it can't, you will. Start. And I tell my students that all the time, oh. don't. Jo- don't just make us. it the same all the time. Find something it, new every time you perform yeah. it that you can give a little bit extra what you can improve on. Or less, but an extra smile. Whatever your brain is going to help, like, or your mental clarity. Like, if my body didn't feel great, I wasn't going to beat myself up, say, oh, I didn't do that jump as fast. You just, I would give it more in my jazz hands or so. You know, you find right. you have to be creative and keep that spirit alive somehow. And would that be your words of advice? That's the next question is what would be your words of wisdom to people that are getting into this industry? I think yeah. you kind of covered all that, you know, don't give up, you know, yeah. and well, I always say too, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth and it. You think, yeah. It's, it's worth it. And whatever that means to you, you know, it's not, you're not going to just, especially the times now people want to go from A to Z. Mm-hmm. You have to D, E, F, or maybe not all of them, but like, you, yeah, you want to go through those steps. You want to meet the people. You, It's not going to be easy to get from there to there. If you make it easy, it's not going to be worth it probably. You know what I mean? If you, if you, if you know and acknowledge that it's going to be a little bit of work mm-hmm. and maybe a challenge, let's say, um, then it will be worth it for sure. And so what is um, like your favorite memory of performing oh it's hard it's hard no it's hard i one. have one actually you do no, yeah i'll give a general and it's so so crazy i know how- it's performing with me that's good we can move that's on a- now <laughs> <laughs> you, you and i just like hyper focus like look at each other we're like everything's gonna be great everything now. we were with we were- us we were 300 percent with you and i yeah yeah, 
but that's how that's how we made it that's how we made it through and again that's the whole mental gymnastics like how are you going to get through a show that mm -hmm. you might want to go to sleep you know what i mean right what was the question again <laughs> okay back to um what was your favorite memory yeah. of performing so greece always it's just the best version of the show Grease. It's left this, it's rock and roll style. So when we got the opportunity to perform in Lebanon, mm -hmm. it was wild. So this group was all Americans. It was friends, new friends, old friends, insane talent. And we performed there three years after a war had happened. Kind mm -hmm. of <clears throat> going on. It's a major war. It was still like, you know, run down and elevators were breaking every day electricity it was such a cool honest experience um we rehearsed in some like i don't even know some broke down palace basically and it made it so much cooler everyone's just like in this foreign country just eating hummus every day smoking hookah on the beach and we performed a theater like a musical theater show outside oh, and wow. that's okay every when you're in theater in the arts most likely it's inside you're in it. It's vampire style. You're, you know, right. you're in. And I so, get you. I've done a lot of outdoor theater and it's a oh, yeah? whole different experience. Yeah. I mean, you're posed and the wind is blowing a flies in your face and you're just. Or a raccoon it, runs on stage. If you're out in the woods, that's happened. There were caves in the back or Mr. You know, Holly Boo was like in the cave. It was <laughs> so, like. So random. Some days we were like, yeah. and again, in theaters, some days you're like, God damn it. Some days you're like, wow, what am I doing here? How did I get this lucky? That's awesome. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. that, I, I guess that those three weeks, two and a half weeks of performing in Lebanon outside as the sun setting, you know, with your friends and going in the little souk, like the main area afterwards, it was just such a surreal musical theater performing experience for, for people like us, you know? Right. And what's your current position now? And how did you land that position? What What's your current status? I asked me now, because the past two years, I was like, um, what's going on? Um, finding so, your yeah. pathway, finding your I, pathway. And stay true to yourself. But I, I moved to Jersey. I didn't know what was going on. I, I was completely spinning out. I will be honest. I was in LA when the pandemic happened, went to Florida. I didn't, went back to New York and the state of New York just wasn't it for me anymore. Right. I didn't want jobs. I didn't want to have start all over. So moved to Jersey. My sister was here. I thought I was going back to Germany. Long story short, that didn't happen. I just, you know, I bought an apartment or I got an apartment. And I told you how to decorate it. I remember that. Uh, yeah, 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 right. We were giving you ideas of what to do. That's right. And then, I mean, so quickly things happened. I found a boyfriend, you know, I didn't, I don't really do commitment. I was fearful of stability commitment and i i guess you can tell through this interview and then i realized like hey found this amazing guy stop running and we have a house now i have all these teaching jobs i didn't know if i wanted to teach dance i just was avoiding really really fearful and avoiding things that i was decent and good at i thought that i was cheating or lying. And then I started going in judging dance competitions, actually, and then teaching more this year. And I, I know, was like, and we missed each I, other in my state because yeah, you, were right. here, you were here I'm, in Indiana and I had something number. going on. Yes. No, I was texting her old phone number. It was silly. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, I was like, well, I was there. Just always missing each other, but we're together. 
I'm on your arm now, so it's okay. No, exactly. Like I, I see you every day. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that. Now I'm, I'm teaching. I'm maybe judging a little bit, but I feel just like a, a lot more grounded. And I, I think it's important to have both in your life, depending on who you are. But I think it's important to spread your wings, fly, go explore, meet people, find out what I, the thing is, I never knew what I really wanted. I just knew things I didn't want. Right. But I, that's an awesome blessing that I did have. And I think that's from my early travel career path. And would that be your words of wisdom kind of leaving that to explore and to spread those wings? I mean, again, it takes, it takes a different person, but I mean, I was always so interested how people work, how things work. Why is it this way? Oh, now, oh, that makes sense. Just kind of coming up with a justification, a theory. And I just think starting so young, that helped me. And are you still I, teaching fitness? Not so much. I'm taking a lot of hot yoga, but the spinning ruined my body. I have three herniated discs and uh, yeah. Were you doing so, headstands on the bike or? Complete freaking rock star. <laughs> uh, no, 150%. I really taught you know, how what heavy weights I need to use. So when I'm taking, I'm very structured. When I'm teaching, I'm like whipping around and. You were snapping it and cracking it I, and yeah, whipping I, it. It was fun. Um, when I moved to Asbury Park, I, I thought I wanted to open a studio and then, you know, life happens. And I think, again, talking to people now that I, I was older and interested rather than, oh, I want, I'm going to do this. Really listen to people and, and the area and the location. And so now, yeah, I just, I'm teaching dance class and that's, that is the category which I, I grew up with, I trained hard. Mm -hmm. So when I'm like judging and teaching my classes, I'm like, sometimes I surprise myself with, wow, I really know what I'm talking about. Right. And I know how the body works and the muscle engagement. And it's, you know, kids really need to get in those classes and mm -hmm. we were hardcore ballet. And now I'm a very, you know, acrobat trickster. So I teach acro, I'm very structured in the technique of it. The So, yeah, going from A to Z again, it, it, you have to go through the the proper forms and steps. So, so that's yeah, it's really nice to actually be back in class and and teach some technique and 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 acro and mesh them together. Yeah, so, kind of pass the craft. That's what we do. Yeah, so yeah, I feel like a suburban lady now. You know, I got a car and I'm teaching dance classes and I, I love it. I ah. do because my boyfriend's very very awesome and very like that as well. You know, he does hair. DJs and he likes to travel. So it's not like I'm stuck. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. But again, just stay open-minded and and be, be a yes person too, as much as you can. I think it's really important. That's a great wisdom. That's great wisdom. Be a yes person. And that's what it is. I think I mentioned that in my other interview, she said she got a gig and I'm like, the word, the answer is always yes. Yeah. If I had stayed, I'm like, oh, what if I had stayed and just auditioned? Yeah, I would be on Broadway. Guess what? I said yes to things and I thought, yeah, who knows if it was better or worse, but I'm not, I think it was amazing. I had an awesome life, awesome right. career got to go, you know? So, and also when, when, and if you do feel kind of stuck, you, mm -hmm. you have options, reach out to people. You, you have other pathways that you can take. Other pathways, And then that, that could be a temporary one. So then you can come back and fall back in love with the one that you were getting kind of a little bit like, you know? Right. Right. Uh, it has been a joy to have you and to see you again. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. And 
yeah, just thank you for sharing your experience and like having, you know, being honest and open. And that's what this is about of how we do. I mean, it's that's how you are. That's how I am. You know, keep it real. And I kind of always end the show this way. And it's kind of something that I wrote. Um, Remember, pathways are like the path when the sun touches the water. You don't know where it leads or ends, but you never know until you walk that path. Love that. Love yeah. that. Yeah. And hey, let's say the water path's going this way and you don't, there's, there's a big rock there. Guess what? There's another water pathway. Oh, I like that. I like that. Adding yeah. a twist. Yeah. I like well, that. I, yeah, I've had moments where I'm like, there, you think you're on this journey. There's A and B, but guess what? There might be a C too. Oh, you yeah. Know? Okay. No. And, and I'll you go think with that. that. Yeah. There's I'll always go with a that. There's always options. Well, my dear, I adore you and I love you. And I'm hopefully maybe we connect in the city. I know it's kind of far for you to get over there. No, I got a car now. No, it's it's actually super easy for me to get there. However, my mom's just in the hospital again. And when are you going to the city? Um, I will be there December 5th through the 8th. Okay. That could be, that actually could be a possibility. Like right. I said, or it's like an easy, quick trip in. It's like okay. less than. You know, I don't know the entire plans because yeah, you know, you know, it's New York. You kind of fly by, you have no, of course. and then you fly by the seat of your pants, right? And that's yeah. how we always work, right? When we're in New York, yeah. we just text one day and you're like, you're in the city? Yeah. Okay, let's go meet. And then we run around for an hour and a half, you and I, and then we're like, okay, see you later. Love you. Bye. Yeah. Sure. I mean, that's what we do, right? I mean, one time I was in New York and you didn't, I didn't even know you were there and you posted on Facebook that you're on a ship and you were docked at a Starbucks in New York. And I'm like, Hey, I'm in New York. And we ran down and I had coffee with all your friends. And you. I did for like a month and a half. Right. Yeah. 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 I did a ship for like a month and a half. That's so funny. So many people remember so many different situations and times meeting me. And I'm like, I, sure. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has been an amazing time spending with you and hopefully I'll get to see you. Oh, I love you too. Big heart. And, um, you know, you're always in my mind and now I'm on your arm and, uh, uh, you are always in my heart. We just have this, we just have a great, um, history and I appreciate you doing this and I'm sure our listeners appreciate your story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah of course. Anytime you need me or anytime you want me. All right. All right. Uh, I love so you, my dear. Out of you, Todd. Thank you. Love you. Love Mwah. you too. Bye. Bye.